Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners, a podcast about theater. We are your hosts, Chris and Cody, and we are passionate about all things theater. We will be discussing the latest news, trends, and topics in the theater world, as well as interviewing some of the most influential people in the industry. We will also be exploring the history of theater from its origins to its current state. So if you're a theater enthusiast or just curious about the world of theater, then this is the podcast for you. What many people don't know is uh, that was written totally by Cody, independently of me. (laughs) (laughs) But I assume you're reading that um, from your computer screen because you want to talk about the current state of AI. Oh my gosh. It's the latest, greatest topics of America. Yep. It's this year's NFT. It sure <laughs> it is this year's NFT. Um, yeah, this it's that chat GPT thing. So like I really look just legit put in Chris and Cody have a podcast called Scene Partners. It's about theater, right? The introduction. And that's what it wrote. That's crazy. I know. Because so, that was like encompassing and concise. I Yeah, it, it definitely. That's a much better intro than we normally get. I know. That's why I was like, oh, man, this thing is so much smarter than we are. But, I mean, of course, it's so much smarter than we are. Um, it is very interesting. I think the thing that's been most talked about, I mean, this chat GB. GPT thing has been around for a little while and so is artificial intelligence as far as like writing these things and these prompts and stuff. What I do think is interesting about this particular topic or this particular AI is that it is not connected to the internet. Like the servers are not. Obviously you access it through the internet, but the actual supercomputer that is coming up with all this information does not pull its information from the internet. So it essentially had all of this information. I think the what I read was like five other supercomputers formed all of this information and dumped it into this one yeah. database. And like a history and just just everything. So whenever you ask it a question, it is always just, it's basically like it's having original thoughts. Sort of, kind of. Um, so... I have also been sort of diving into this because this really was all kicked off from the the Linsa app thing. I don't know if you did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, people were paying their eight dollars and a lot of people were saying you need to pay your artists instead of paying an AI computer instead of paying an app. Yeah. And ultimately what it's doing, what you just said, is that these five other computers had come together to sort of put into this database but all it is doing... Five computers walk into a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Where's but, Frank? He's always late. <laughs> Freaking Frank. Um, but all it's still doing I is... I wish I would have been smart enough to have been like, oh, gateway. Yeah, right. Just the- <laughs> well, that's the last we see of that little cow screen. <laughs> I was about to say, wasn't it like a cow screen or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like, like a cow skin or something, but... All it's doing, if you actually go back and listen, I don't know if you were just saying it as a joke, but if you really listen to what it's saying, it is the most generic intro yeah, to incredibly every podcast. Generic. So it's just aggregating all of this data and what yeah. is the most popular things or phrases that are mm-hmm. said in every podcast intro or right. especially when it was the Linsa app, people were, you know, paying this money for make me this anime character, make me a steampunk character, make me, but you know, literally a people are just character. doing that because they think that 
they now look attractive. Like that's well, really course, all it is. Yes. Like, oh, look at me now. I'm now I have that jawline I've always wanted. But my 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 real thing, or the, really the question to me is sort of the ownership of any of it because if it's yeah. just pulled data or pulled images or pulled you know sentences from someone mm-hmm. else where's the original thought and who owns that thing yeah who owns it well it's just like with through the the like the chat gpt thing there's also an image creator um in in this own thing which is um a little bit different than the lensa app which what you were talking about it's a little bit more intense and crazy. It's called Dolly, which is D-A-L-L dot E. And then um, you basically write in a prompt, just like with chat GPT. And you say like, hey, I want um, I want a, an a oil painting in the style of Van Gogh mm-hmm. um, with a, a spooky house covered in cats. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you four different images in the style of Van Gogh looking like an oil painting with cats all over the spooky mansion. And it is nuts. And I don't know necessarily like how it generates those things. Obviously, it's pulling a bunch of different things and molding it together. But you're basically saying with that, which I think is a little bit more intense than the Linza app thing, is that I can literally put in there, do this in the style of another artist. Yeah. And... It'll create it. Like I know a, a friend of ours, um, just as like a joke, I went in there and I I typed into his name and I said, I want, you know, this scene and a painting that he paints quite often that I make fun of him for quite a bit. And I put his name in it and it gave me four different scenes and I sent him to him and I was like, why haven't you ever done this? <laughs> oh, that's so mean. <laughs> but I mean, it's just kind of nuts that I was able to put that information in there. Like if you have like a work of art that you have done that has been put on the internet, then it can access it and it can have pulled from that true information. And so then it can recreate in your specific style. So there's, there's, okay, there's a couple so of So why buy a Frida Kahlo painting if I can just pay like, $7.99 for it? <laughs> or nothing. Dolly is free. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my one caveat to that, and this is why we are into theater so much, is you lose sort of the artist's brushstroke. Well, yeah, it's just like with the, it's, it's, it is it's the same thing with with the written word aspect of it is that it doesn't necessarily have a soul yeah or a purpose and for what it is is pretty amazing i mean i can put it in there to write me a play and it will legit write me a play and the more generic you are with whatever your description is it seems like the more it can churn out almost yeah if i just say write me a play about chris and cody in a park it'll give me something amazing and it it is really kind of interesting and i have been thinking a lot about um like the how we could literally do like an art artificial intelligence night of theater and just (laughs) that's of course the first place that i go is like how can we (laughs) use this because it's free that we don't have to pay that we don't have to pay (laughs) so how could we use this and it'd be kind of interesting and i thought like how interesting it would be to do something where you almost collaborate with the artificial intelligence and you have them be their own character. Like if you, you invite an audience and you have a cast of characters, but they have no idea what the play is. And the audience picks from 
certain prompts and it gets put into the AI and then it's built up on a projection. Now, and the ooh. actors don't know what what it is, but it has their names. Yeah. So then they just have to go on stage and read and perform it. Now, that would be very interesting. That's what I'm saying. I think it would be kind of like a neat way to I guess bring some ownership of it to the artist, but I really think the biggest the biggest thing is the image creator is really intense for me. Like that's the like in the dolly aspect of it where you can just on on that side of the AI, I mean, where you can literally like upload, I could upload a picture of myself on there and say, you know, paint me into this Like one style. of your French girls? Yeah. And it would. Yeah. But I mean, it's that, that to me is a little wild. I mean, do we need to outsource that kind of stuff? I guess that's where I'm, what I'm thinking. And also it's, it's the same thing, I guess, with writing, you know, papers and writing anything. If I, if I'm in school and I need to write a poem, I can just put it into chat GPT and it'll write me a poem and I'm done. So like, am I really learning anything? Like, do I really do anything? What is the point? Well, okay. So <laughs> as an artist, I guess you could say, um, and, and you understand this in the same way that I do, like, sure, you could type in, write me a poem. But there is something so different about, you know, as someone who writes, you know, lyrics to music and songs and you you don't sort of bear your soul or offer any piece of yourself into that. Like, sure, you're making a grade, whatever. But what is there to be gained in an emotional intelligence sort of way? Like you're not reconciling anything within yourself. Well, of course not. And But the my my issue I'm is I'm always is, against the AI like, the, yeah, we, no, I, I'm with you 100 percent. Uh, we, but you're we, playing devil's advocate. We yeah. agree. <laughs> I'm not really even playing devil's advocate. I mean, I just think that it is very interesting that we take something that, in, in all honesty, is, I mean, it's almost like therapy, I guess. Um, but art is to be enjoyed, and it is honestly like a luxury. Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, the way that it is, the way that I view it, it's like a luxury for your mind. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write this poem and I'm going to try to figure this way out and how interesting it is and the sense of accomplishment and that stuff. But if we have artificial intelligence that will do that for us, what is there to keep people learning and exploring and failing and becoming great? Because they'll never start. They'll just put it in. Every day we move closer to the world of Wally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, you, I mean, if you go too far into it, you're like, oh my God, art is dying. Yeah. But, and it's not even just like theater is dying. It's like everything is being taken over by something else because it's easy. It's a scapegoat. And I mean, technology is an amazing thing. I mean, I would not want to get rid of technology. Oh, absolutely. But not, yeah. I do think that it is a double edged sword where you put too much into it and you get rid of too much original thought. Then what it necessarily is the point of living? It's it, well, it's so interesting because it's almost like that. Um, the hitchhiker's guide to get the, the galaxy thing where it's like, what is the meaning of life? And he says 42 and the 42nd character is like a colon in, um, because this is the whole meaning behind it. It's like mm -hmm. for, it's like a colon in some sort of like script, like computer script or something, which is literally a character that can be anything, which means it's whatever you make it, whatever you make. Yeah. I did not know that. And, um, yeah, sorry. That's like a super deep nerdy thing. But the whole point is like, 
I mean, I know what you're talking about. I just did not know. Oh, that specific that, that thing? was the reason oh. for the fortitude. Okay. Well, you know. But now um, I do. So we all learned something. I bet today. AI could have told me that. <laughs> I think a quick Google search could have just told you that. Um, but, you know, that's that's a benefit of technology is that when we don't know things, we can look it up. And we don't have to have the absence of knowledge or ignorance anymore because we walk around with supercomputers in our pockets. Now, that being said, I think if you get too deep down the rabbit hole when it comes to using AI, like everything just gets boiled down to ones and zeros for the AI. And there is just, like we were talking about, like there is no heart to it. There's no beating pulse to the thing that you're talking about. There's no like lived experience to sort of rely upon. And Mm -hmm. if we, like the theater night that you're talking about, it is interesting, but it is interesting in almost a SNL kind of way. Yeah, it's definitely would be there for the comedy. I don't really know if you'd be... It would just be interesting to like put people in that sort Dear of Dolly, situation. Write yeah. me a drama. <laughs> well, Dolly is the image. Well, oh, whatever it is. You know, I didn't know what the I AI know. thing, but the dear chat AI GPT yeah. thing. So I asked just now, I just asked the artificial intelligence. I said, Is artificial intelligence going to be the death of art forms? And guess what it said? I have no clue. It said no. Artificial intelligence is not going to be the death of art forms. AI can be used to create art, but it cannot replace the creativity and imagination of a human artist. AI can be used to enhance art forms, but it cannot replace the unique vision and expression of human artists. Okay, so I'll take this, right? I just watched the Avatar Way of the Water movie. Dude, right? I think he's just trying to, he's just trying to, no. No, he's trying to save himself. It's like yeah, save he's, he's, no, he's like, no, no, no we're, we're not no, going to do that. No, it's <laughs> like, I would never replace you. <laughs> but, I've seen Westworld. So, uh, I know what's oh, happening. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so you you sort of, uh, with, with the Way of Water, this is not a spoiler, but what's happening is, like, even in the first Avatar, most people, like, rail the story. But the world is still beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's created and it like pushed technology to the next level. And like, if you don't have a hand steering those sorts of things, then it doesn't enhance what is a generic story. Now, I have my own problems with the first Avatar, but even watching the second one, I thought this is much better than the first one. And the story, I would say, is not necessarily better. But what makes this better is sort of the the humanity it's in Kate it. Kate Winslet. I haven't seen it. I just know that she's in it. She is in it. And I can't say anything else. <laughs> I did just, I cannot believe this is not what we're talking about really, but I, I can't believe that she pushed herself to basically learn how to hold her breath for seven minutes that she broke a world record. Did you know that? No, that did she, not happen. It legit did. She taught herself how to hold her breath for an abnormally amount of time. And she held her breath for se- she broke a world record so, for holding her breath underwater. She's not special. Tom Cruise did it first in Mission Impossible. He did. He, she <laughs> broke a world record. What are you talking about? She's not special. What? Tom I mean, Cruise. What is a, it, you can't put Kate Winslet and Tom Cruise like, anywhere near the same. Come room. here and he climb a, a universal once. record. Uh, okay. All right. First off. And everybody's off. like, oh my God, look at him go. He's like, yeah, he's also like, uh, anyway. He doesn't held matter. onto a plane while it took off. Who hasn't? I haven't. 
Well, I've held on to a plane when it took off. <laughs> I held on to it the whole way. I even went and landed. <laughs> I was holding on. This is more AI things that you're making up. But all that to say, um, yes, teaching yourself to hold your breath for that inordinate amount of time made no sense when they were all on a soundstage. No, anyway. but she just like, she learned how to do it for the film. Well, but yes, then because got, free divers like, nerd nerded out on it. And yeah. Then free divers it and learn how to continue. hold their breath for over five minutes so that they can go down and come up and things yeah. like that. They don't have to rely on the uh, breathing apparatus, mm-hmm. but back to the original thought, which was about the AI. <laughs> this is something that AI would not be able to do. You're welcome. So what I'm saying is that AI could easily create the story of Pandora or avatar, right? But yeah. it could never create the world. Yeah, it couldn't add the stuff in between. It's just like when you watch, you know, when I when I'm teaching, I tell students this all the time. It's it's like we can do the script easy, no problem. We have it. It's done. Bing, bang, boom. Nothing special. It's like the reason why we are doing it is because we are adding in all of the little things that are special to us. Yeah. In the moments in between. It's not so much about the script that we're performing, it's the stuff we do in between those moments Yeah, that I find always makes it so special. And uh, I think that that is where the computer is not going to be able to handle it. Oh, absolutely not. But would they be able to get to a point where they could say, hey, write me a script in the style of Alfred Hitchcock and it'll do it. I mean, it'll even include shots like the way that you should put in your cinematography and your stage directions like it'll put that in there but still why do we need it we have them like that's already been done it's true but so why would we need new new things of this same style like i i just i guess i just don't understand that it's like that's the thing about it is that you have to put in you know other artists work so we're never moving forward. We're only just seeing like duplicates of oh. something that all. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> duplicates of something that already exists. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep that in because it was so interesting to watch. You play with my <laughs> I thought that I was mid I thought that I was grabbing something else. <laughs> And I was fiddling with the the mic stand. Like I actually panicked. I looked down to see if like what's going on with my ears. I, I can't mean, hear I anymore. Was the same way. I was like, "What is happening? Am I falling?" But anyway, um, what I I did want to say is that because it is just a database of things that already exist, and it's pulling all of those things from that, there is no new original thought happening, mm-hmm. and it has nothing. It has nothing to like emotionally pull on to think like, "Oh, if this is." If this is going this way, like it'll never, it'll never have a twist, if you will. It'll never do the twist ending or the twist thing that it needs to happen. Yeah, there's I, nobody to agonize over what is the best way to make that happen. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just feel like in a way, since there is no original thought and there is no agony. <laughs> yeah. As far as like, what choice should I make? What is the best course of action? And there's no lived in life experience, then it doesn't have a soul which is interesting because i can literally type something in there and it can tell me something that doesn't necessarily exist in that order yeah 
And I can even put that exact paragraph or that exact poem or image into Google and I can be like, show me this exact same image and it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of like it's creating something brand new. So, But it's not. Yeah, and that's y- why yes it's and no. so confusing. It's just pulling all of these things from these other places to create something new, which yeah. is honestly what we all do. <laughs> Yes, I guess. I know that's this is the struggle. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not real. <laughs> it is real. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It does exist. It's like all of the it's it's the dichotomy of it is insane. So okay, you bring up a very interesting point in that like we are always the sum of our experiences, right? So we'll always think about things in the way that we perceive them and in a way that we have seen them before, correct? Yeah. Um and so like when we sort of like this person that you know that creates these pictures of nature always creates sort of a similar picture every time. But it's like how the image changes in their mind over time, right? So you have to really think about like sort of the early artists that were creating these things um, that sort of like created from nothing, like people that wrote these old Greek plays or even... Um, well, I mean... Inventions of like But even that gods. still, it was everything from something. Yeah, it was like from their life experience that they were just, I mean, it is that whole thing. What is the original thought? I mean, everything comes from something, but where was the first thing? Who had the first idea that was like, we should write a play? Well, you know, well, like, well, who said that? Sure, because we don't know. You, you think like the first people that heard thunder and they immediately thought, oh, there could be this god of thunder or there could be this god of lightning. I mean, look, if I didn't know anything about anything and I heard that when I was outside, I would need a reason. Well, I would need to true. figure that out. <laughs> but then, but then you start to hear, well, let's just like if this is our launching off point, like if the god of thunder exists, right? in your mind that you create this whole narrative. And then you think, well, how does the sun rise every day? Oh, there must be someone riding on a chariot that draws it up yeah. every single day. Well, but I think all of that comes from a feeling of needing to be safe. Sure. And so it's like, I now have, I, I can name it. It's, it's like whenever we, you know, whenever we're doing shows and we talked about like in the opening of murder on the Orient express, you don't see the murder. You don't see those things. It makes it scarier. Your imagination is, is, Always worse. Always yes. worse. The same thing whenever whenever I did Oliver, it was the exact same thing. We killed somebody off stage. You heard it. And the imagination works wonders. Let me just pause right there. I had listened to that intro no less than probably 200 to 300 times. Mm. And there's just a moment before that show opened that I thought, I don't know if this works. <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't matter. Like, it has no impact on you me. You will always feel that way. But it just to matter. hear people after the fact saying, oh, my God, that was like so good. I was, oh, thank mm. God that this worked because I didn't know. <laughs> I've heard it too many times now. This is too slow. I want to speed this up. I want to add this to it. That is kind of the that is the problem is that you always want to change things. But AI would never be able to tell you those things when to add this. Yeah, it would not. I agree with you. I agree. I don't want artificial intelligence. I'm to sorry. Take I'm over getting the- like worked up over a stupid freaking AI. But no I'm just reason. saying it is confusing because in a way it is kind of thinking on its own, informing these opinions off of its given things, well, which is literally what we do. Yeah, we that's what I was saying. Learn. Like we are the aggregate of all of the things that we know and learn 
so how is that different other than it's pulling from more data sources than we can? I think it's the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. I think that is the only, I think that is the big difference is that we can look at something and read it. And to a computer, it's like, this is, uh, this is correct. Yeah. Done where we can read it and be like, uh, I didn't really feel anything when I read that. Yeah. So maybe I should make this one change. So I make this one change and all of a sudden it all works now because of the feeling aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a computer would just be like, but it's correct. Yeah. I did a haiku. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All of it works. Yeah. But I mean, we, we add that other extra element. I think that's the only thing. And I do think that it is interesting I was listening to a report about it and how they were talking about that people are using it in um, to replace their therapists. So they'll like ask the AI questions like I'm in this situation and I'm having these feelings. What should I do? And in a way, I'm like, that's kind of awesome that they can ask and they mm. can read it without any sort of like guilt or like you know like worry that of judgment but in another way i'm like but you still should go see that person well that's the whole <laughs> that's the whole benefit of going but to for a people who don't have it i mean that's kind of nice to be like i think i'm depressed what is then it'll just give you a list and like things that you can do and that's hopefully the same we'll as web like, md or googling something though uh, is it i'm like Okay, like when you're getting into the medical or sort of the uh, psychological field, it is so much different. And like you mentioned talking about um, not expressing yourself with with fear or shame or guilt or anything like that uh, to another person. But that is the whole point of therapy is that you're sort of unloading your baggage onto this completely objective person. Like they've heard be also the artificial intelligence. I hear what you're saying, but. Because it's the, not a human. The AI does not take into consideration every other thing that you've yeah, told them before. Yeah, it's not taking about the history. It's not, I'm not, yes. I am not saying that people should use this for therapy. I do not, I'm not advocating that. Yeah, like, but at first you're like, on one end it's kind of cool. It's like, I vehemently disagree <laughs> with that statement. I, but I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that it is interesting. Because. I think that it is interesting. Nothing will ever, so. Okay, so like, for example, I think you and I have had a lot of conversations about the future of both of our personal and professional lives uh, in moving forward. And we have discussed many different things and options on what we think we should do as far as this next year goes. Dietitians. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're philanthropists. Dietitian partners. Uh, um, But... (laughs) We we discussed it with a bunch of other people and then we discussed it with each other and yeah. just like this feels like the correct route that we should take to make the next step of what we think our goals and what we would like. And there's just no way that talking to or, you know, putting this stuff into an AI would ever tell us the right answer because we do we do this a lot. We we survey our friends and get their opinions and then we sort of make decisions. Well, I think what happens whenever people use like this particular thing for what we're talking about is that they put a 
question in, and it literally just answers in an, in the generic way, like what we talked about. Um, but what happens is that they read it just like horoscopes or any of those other things. Ah, oh, yeah. And they fill in the gaps, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, this AI sees me. You know, like I feel so seen. <laughs> it's right like now. a it's like a fortune teller telling you you should bring an umbrella. Five days later, it rains. Oh my, oh my god, god, the fortune teller. Right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Professor Trelawney with you know. Yeah. What? Oh my god, I can't. I was just about to go down a rabbit hole of trying to remember those two sis friends, sister friends sister, that aren't sister sisters, friend? but they are friends in Harry Potter that are obsessed with Trelawney. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the Patel sisters. <laughs> is that who they are? Yeah, because they love they love the um uh divination yes. and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um oh my god, I can't remember. I'm just gonna drive me insane that one I one is named Pavardi. Pavardi. I don't remember the other one. I could not either because I always thought uh Petfoot. <laughs> I think it was prongs. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna occur to me. I'm gonna be so irritated. I'm gonna get a text at like 3 a.m. Oh my gosh, this is who it is. Um, well, I've been like going through the Harry Potter series again, um, just because I know, I know you reading it makes me want to read it, and I'm like, I, I have read this so many times. I should well, explore actually, new what books. I've been doing is for the very first time, I'm listening to the audiobook version, which I haven't done, mm -hmm. and that has been really cool. Mostly because, you know, that's like the only time that I have time to read anymore is in the vehicle. I feel you. As I, like, you might understand, I've been trying to read uh, maybe a play that's about an hour and 15 minutes long. I would. Yeah, it's it's probably that length very easily. Yeah, it's probably 70 pages. And I'm like, uh, and I want you to read it because I think it's something we I could literally produce. read. I literally read seven pages of it. And passed out. With you know what's crazy? Eleanor is I, in my arms. I was like, woke up. I was like, crap, I was so close. I was, I was here. It's in my hands. But Eleanor slept as well and everybody had a good time. Oh, I just like, uh, it's, it is, it is something the, like uh, the adjusting of trying to maintain like the things that you had before you had a child is very interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, I got five minutes to myself. Yeah, you just immediately just uh, I could sleep or I could stare at my phone. <laughs> yeah, it's just really it's it is kind of strange for sure. But yes, I think I mean, I knew. Like, oh, this sidebar real quick. This particular show, I read it and I immediately wanted to sound design it. It's such a weird thing after Orient now Express that, that I'd like, oh, I I, I kind of <laughs> want to do this thing. But anyway, well, that's back good because we'll need one of those. Yeah, uh, back um, to the. AI discussion which is just really cool because you get to like with that you take things every single show you get like a lesson every single experience you have a lesson mm -hmm. and that's what I was thinking about you know the similarities between that AI image creator and like what we do is every single thing that I go see I mean I think about that like every museum that I've been to every um, every experience I mean like that the the Van Gogh experience thing like they're doing this with all the artists now they have one for Monet and there's um oh there was there's another one I can't remember but I don't know if it was Mark Chagall or somebody else but they're doing these you know like 
these crazy projections and like creating yeah, yeah, yeah. these things with the artist famous artwork. I saw and it a, is a, they have like um at the Van Gogh thing the VR thing which yeah. has got to be really cool. To they see. didn't have that whenever we went went to it because uh, it was kind of like in the middle of COVID and mm, yeah, yeah. we were in Los Angeles. And <laughs> yeah, I super don't want to share things with people. Yeah, no, there was no VR and I did I didn't want to do it anyway. So yeah, it's <laughs> like no, nah, maybe some other time. Um, but yes, I would love to experience that now. Um, just, I just think that would be really, really awesome. And like the VR aspect of things is also, I've, I've thought about that as far as theater, like how can you use this technology with what we do? I mean, it's like whenever I started out in theater, I would have never thought that we would use projections as backdrops. Yeah, that's insane. And like instead of painting the floor that mm-hmm. we would use projections to paint the floor. Well, you know, a lot of places now have the full like light back, the light, the light screen back thing and where LED they can screen. Yeah. 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 Where they can just like, here's your whole scene. Yeah. And I just, I would have never, ever foreseen that. And so I've been thinking about like how in the world are people going to eventually incorporate VR into the experience? So, I have sort of, uh, you watched Andor, am I correct? Uh, yeah. You did not watch Andor. Andor. The yes, show Andor. I did. Yes. Okay. You said Andor and I was like, I have not seen the new And Avatar. slash or. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, the Avatar. You, you said Andor. You're like, you said Andor and I was like, I have not seen the second Avatar. So sort of <laughs> when, when I was watching Andor, one of the things that really sticks out to me personally is that this isn't shot on the volume, which I, which is there's they're fully encapsulated like thing. the sound stage, yeah, thing which it has the it whole is. screen, does the proper lighting for the scene that you're in, yeah. So they did very practical scenes and and like practical lighting and all of these things, and and it just it added so much more dimension to the world they were in, and like you can have all of those backdrops, you can have all of those things, but it never ever takes the way of the tangible yeah no i i understand that. or takes the place of the tangible i should say right rather. it's just kind of like how if we're talking about star wars george lucas really wanted to do things that he had no business doing in the technology world so to those films i disagree and because I, he was disagree yes if you if you actually look at star wars from a different standpoint like take take your mind away from like oh well he pushed it and it was too bad so he I'm was thinking about him remastering movies that were already there and putting in computerized job of the hut. That was so <laughs> bad. Okay. All right. That but I could not like, why did you do it? If it, I could see, if I saw him, I would slap his little jowl so hard. You would not. His little Mitch McConnell face. You would not do that. Um, I would. I'd be like, this is this is for the job of the Hudson. It's hard to say that when you know darn good and well every show that we've ever done after the fact. You think, oh, if we would have done this, if we would have just had George Lucas. But he didn't have the tech. <laughs> but okay, so like back to my point is that George Lucas was always pushing technology to the next step. Yeah. And when he did the prequels, it was always leading to the inevitability. I wasn't of even like CGI. talking about the 
prequels. Like I, now, no, I was more talking about him messing with four, five, and six to add in all the things that he wished he would have had. But like, but you didn't have it. But and what you did was <laughs> it was better when it wasn't there. Like how you ruined the freaking abominable snowman thing. It wasn't even scary anymore. So there, there are stupid, good and bad things that he did. Right. I I'm going to ask the AI. When he goes to Moss Eisley for I'm the first, it. or when they go to Moss Eisley for the first time, there's more of the world there. There's more people. It feels more filled out. I guess I just, what I don't like about it is you don't get to see the actual progression of it. And like, sure, if you want to remake those movies, remake the movies. Do it. Remake the whole film. Go there, for it. There are certain things you can time. never remake. Exactly. And that's what he's doing. He went back in there and he futzed with things and he should have just left it alone. He's going <laughs> into four, one, two, and three. Do all of that computer Windows 98 building that you want to do. Let me just tell you. Build out the world. How incredibly scared but I just got. Don't leave. Why? Futzed. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, not, not what I thought that was going to be. Don't like go in there and start messing with something that you've already created that has like a following that everybody loves and was like, look at this. This is so awesome. Like he did so many cool things about with using practical things. And then he was basically going in there and being like, oh, thank you. All these artists that built these practical sets for me and props. I'm now going to erase them and put this horrible computer graphic on there. Like just just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding feelings about this for quite some time. I will say it is so strange for me to hear you talk negative about any sort of. Like, I know you're usually always on the side of the filmmaker, I'm, the artist, everybody like. Yeah, oh. I get it. But this is going. But this is this is it was gross. And he should be ashamed of himself. Hard shot first. He should be ashamed of himself. Um, but, but all that to say, though, um. The, the things of technology that do like add dimensions to the things that we're trying to do on stage. I just like, there's something to be said about how the set moves in a Hamilton, right? How, how like the way the, the set sort of breaks apart for Hades town. What are you typing? You're typing into the freaking AI again. Here we go. Should George Lucas have touched the original star Wars trilogy? What'd you type? What'd you type in this freaking AI? This DMX, DMR. S screw this AI, man. It doesn't know what it's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it says, it says, no, George Lucas was not wrong for going back into the original Star Wars trilogy and adding computer graphics. While some fans may not have liked the changes, Lucas had the right to make the changes in his own work. He was the creator of Star Wars Universe, and he had the right to make changes to it as he saw fit. That's crazy. That's almost like when we had the set design done for Little Women, and then at the last minute you threw an audible. That's no, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I did not throw an audible in any sort of way that destructed or like like did anything outside of what was already there structurally. Okay, let me, let me. Every no, no, like I didn't go in there and be like, now everybody's acting on a giant bean bag. Like, it wasn't anything like that. I painted it. Okay, hold on one second. If we take away Greedo shooting first and the CGI Jabba the Hutt, everything else in, in those other... What, what are other qualms that you have against Basically, them? I would have... In order for and the, Little Women to have been the same, I would have had to have put it all together. We would have had to perform it. And then I would have had to tell everybody to come back 
and I would have repainted everything and been like, oh, also, I'm changing your characters. Put on this green screen suit. They didn't change characters. And they used the same That's footage. what I am they saying. They used the same you, footage that they shot this. Anyway. I don't like it. And that's it. I'm fine. It was his work of art. It was his, but he, it was other, it wasn't just his, it's a collaboration. It was his idea. Sure. It's his idea. So, but he's collaborating with all these other artists. I will say Did he bring them not, all into a room and be like, all right, is it cool if we just like totally go insane here? And I just erase this incredible puppet that you've made and turn it into a windows 98 moving thing. And Oh, we're going to have to make sense of Han Solo stepping over it. So I'm just going to make him scream when he steps on his tail as if Jabba the Hutt would be okay with the fact that Han Solo just walked on him. Oh, it's stupid. It makes no sense. And it's a destruction of character. And I don't like it. Okay. So two things. One, they didn't have a um, design for Jabba the Hutt. What do you mean they didn't have a design for Jabba the Hutt? In the, in the first film, and if you look in the comics, they, they created a completely fake image for Jabba the Hutt. They didn't know what he was going to look like when they shot that in 19... 19- but somebody created a puppet! Okay, all right. I'm going to Is also, that not real? I'm also going to... It was wearing an invisibility cloak? I don't understand. Anyway, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> Insofar as I would say that Lucas is only as good as his editor, as any good artist is. Now, hold on, because the first Star Wars had like three hours of footage and that his ex-wife came in and edited that footage down and saved the film and made it what it is today. So. And he still divorced her. After he divorced her, he started making changes to the trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) We need her back. We need mm. back. Anyway, that's not at all what we were talking about, and we'll continue that discussion. It was, some other I time. was trying to like keep it about practicality versus technology, and you just like you, you took it very personally on on a new hope. This is just something that I've been wearing for a while. I can tell. <laughs> like you're a staunch defender of the end of Game of Thrones, and I was like, I don't understand where this Star Wars hate is coming from. It's because it wasn't already done. Just they skip didn't the go scene. back in there. Just skip the scene. They just didn't the scene. go back in there and try to fix. After they'd already done it. Why don't you just watch the 1997 VHS re-release? Because who has it? I don't have a VHS player. (laughs) 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 And I don't want one either. Like nobody like don't don't take that as a hint for a Christmas gift. Like I do not want a VHS. I'm fine. I need you to give me back the present that I gave you then. (laughs) Okay, I'll do that. Um, did you get me a VHS tape? I got you a VHS player. Oh, a forehead. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> It'll last forever. That's right. I no won't skips. use it. I won't use it to rewind anything because <laughs> I don't want to wear out the heads. I'll I'll use the separate rewinder. Yeah, that I'm sure you bought. These are, these are these are dated jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess they kind of are. So, uh, moving forward. I really didn't know that we were going to spend the whole time talking about artificial intelligence. It is just something that kind of has been weighing on me as far as like, so interesting to think that this thing that we do could possibly be being taken over by, you know, something that doesn't exist, um, in a tangible way. Yeah. But, uh, so we have been looking at reading like you know reading plays and trying to figure out what it is that we want to do next and i do think it is 
interesting. Um, you know, as a somebody who owns a theater company in a small town, as far as like how you release seasons, yeah, and it is, it is just something that that's been on my mind a lot because in my like soul, or I guess I should say in my head, I'm saying, oh my god you should be releasing a season right now. What are mm-hmm. you doing? You haven't released anything. Nobody has a clue what's going on. Like everybody's asking, what are you doing? What is going to be the next show? You did a show. You had all, you had an entire audience there and you didn't tell them what you were doing next. Like you're failing <laughs> so hard. Like that's, that's been a, a fight to go. But in our community, there is all of a sudden so many plays. Yeah. And I've been really struggling with trying to figure out where it is that we exist and all that. Yeah. And not saying that like what we do is, I think what we do is very different than what everybody else does. I don't really think that, you know, I I think that we definitely have a place, you know, that we need to exist and that kind of a thing. But I guess I just don't really, I don't really know how to put out that we're going to do all of these shows when there are so many other shows being done. And so it's more or less like, all right, now that I know what everyone else is doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of, you know, normally you'd be like, well, I want to put it, put out what I'm going to do first so that no one else does it. Yeah. And what has kind of happened this time, which is different is, well, I'm going to wait for every, what everybody else is doing and then see what we should do. Instead, mm. you know, just because I don't, you know, like want to do the same thing that everybody else is doing or else then we don't have a purpose. Yeah. Um, it, it is so strange, especially when there's so much theater happening. Well, okay. Let me take that a step back. There is so much musical theater happening. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, it's like, but oversaturation, but I think a lot of that has to do with you know, there there was a bit of a void for a long time in the community where there wasn't anything going on mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything going on in the schools. And what the schools would do was essentially do community theater. Like if you were in a high school, your high school probably wasn't doing maybe they would do one play, one play a year. But and then you would do, you know, community theater and in a community our size, that would make sense. And it was sustainable for the community theater and. Now we have so many schools that are doing so many plays and it's just, it's kind of like, where does everyone fit in there? You know, there's a 10 minute play festival group. There is the, um, the community theater group. There's us. There are all of these schools. It's like, where is it that you fit? That's not going to detract from what else is from what other people are doing. And that gives you purpose to do what you're going to do because it is a lot of work to put on a show and it is a financial burden as well as it is a burden on your time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, why do we continue to do this? Is it necessary? I mean, that definitely did go through my mind a couple of times um, in the past couple of months. But I mean, I do think that our theater company does serve a purpose as far as what we put on and the quality that we put on. And, um, 
And I would never want that to stop. Yeah. But it has been interesting, like taking a step back in a way and just thinking like, all right, what should we be doing to move forward? What changes do we need to make? And how do we continue to exist and, you know, continue to, I guess, raise the bar with ourselves? Because I think with every show that we've done, we've kind of continued to just raise that. Mm hmm expectation or that bar of, of what well that was what i was going to say is that like we've garnered almost this following that when we say that we are wanting to produce a show that you know people ex yeah, have high expectations trust. there's some trust there which is what you want which is like a, a very unique position to find ourselves in which i think is really awesome because mm -hmm. maybe we can do this show that's not very popular that you know you and i are trying to read and or maybe we, we can throw something else in, into the mix that, you know, we so not that we sort of have the world at our beck and call, but like we can try something. Yeah. I mean, I think that as a company like you and I will always have tuna, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we can do it and it's fun and we'll have a blast and it'll kind of remind us about, you know, like the joy and but we also need some other things well that like was we what i was going to ask be you the like, company that does yeah i was going to ask you because in in just kind of listening to you and i know that you and i haven't really discussed this off mic oh, but dear. like are you experiencing like a little bit of a burnout maybe from like all of the shows that you direct within a year because i mean it's since we've opened up post pandemic it's really kind of been nonstop for you it hasn't stopped. Yeah, I definitely am feeling the the burnout struggle for sure, which is not a great place to be. And that's why I was mostly saying the thing about like, well, we have tuna and it's fun and we'll enjoy it. <laughs> but what? But it was, you know, when we but did, it is hard. We just did like a Christmas concert for the Fox. Um, and when you and I were standing on stage sort of sound checking, you said, this is this could be awesome to do this here. Yeah. So like you had that sort of like spark is still there. Well, you know, whenever you're doing things, um, what do I want to talk about that will be online and <laughs> 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 accessible? Um, you know, much like any other art form, whenever you're doing something and emotions are involved, it just was like what we do with artists things can just get like mm, dramatic i guess is yeah. what i'm trying to say and i think that it is dramatic for people who aren't necessarily doing things for the right reasons yeah and i've always just wanted to educate and bring people along on something that i feel very passionate about and to keep that you know, that thing that I love going and moving forward. Um, and whenever we do stuff in Marksville, like at the Fox, I feel that feeling like everybody is there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Like we're there to, for the most part, um, we're all in, we're all in the, in the building to like spread the, you know, whatever the message of the show is and to put on the absolute best possible performance. And it's not about any one person and you don't have any other like, 
you know, people on the sidelines trying to do their own thing. And since they're trying to do their own thing, they're trying to put your thing down. Yeah. And since we don't experience that here and it's just kind of like our family, I guess it's or our theater family. It just feels so nice whenever we come back to that and it doesn't have that weight of like, okay, whenever I put on this show in Alexandria, what are the people going to say? Yeah. What is going to like, what bogus thing is going to be thrown out that we've decided to do that's not true or whatever? Like, what is going to be the thing that is going to be latched on by all these other people because the market's so overly saturated? Mm-hmm. That, you know, for any reason that anyone can think of to be upset that you're doing what you're doing and doing a good job at, they're going to, they're going to come up with it, you know. So it's just nice whenever you're in an area that it doesn't feel like you are having to fight. I mean, it's just, that's the other thing. Just working in the school system is already a fight. And so it just kind of feels like I am... I'm just really tired of the fight, I guess, of like, I shouldn't have to fight this hard to be able to tell stories. You're kind of like <laughs> Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill every single day. Yeah, and it's like, when are you going to finally get there? I mean, with every victory, it feels like 10 failures. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so when when is this going to even, when is this going to even out? Like, when is everybody going to be on the same page here? When are we all going to realize that, when one of us succeeds, we all succeed. Yeah. You know, um, I guess that is, that is the, the struggle that I have with, you know, maybe this is just a, every small town has this problem with theater, but it is the struggle that I have with, in particular with doing stuff in Alexandria, Louisiana is that it's like, there are other theater companies around. There are other people doing stuff. There are people that aren't even, you know, necessarily like, that are producing theater, but don't necessarily have stakes in it that aren't personally invested in any sort of monetary way that are putting other people down who are literally, you know, putting every single aspect of themselves into this, including their own finances. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to see artists, which I've never experienced anywhere else in my career artists put other artists down for that. And that has been, that's been rough. And also just like the support of the arts council is totally different too. I mean, like finding support in the arts council (laughs) and Alexandria is really difficult. Yeah. And not so much in the way of, it's just like, I don't necessarily know why they exist. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, are they their own, producers i mean that's that's kind of what they seem to feel like it's like okay so we have all these other theater companies and then we also have an arts council that that's wants bringing in outside talent to bring into in, a local yeah. area so one which, of the things which is good i mean you should be bringing in other talent but like let's show how you high should, the bar could be the purpose of the arts council in their in their mission statement is to support and build up their local arts community and instead, it seems more or less like let's ignore the local arts community and let's spend all of the money that we have to support other communities' arts mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe bring those in. And well, they're still not, they're not attended. 
And so it's like, what is the point of this? You just, oh, I wrote a grant this one time for this one thing and it was specific. So we're going to bring this one thing in. Yeah. Like, well, why don't you like use your funding, use your access? So from an outside perspective, um, I would say that it looks like it's a lot of decision making from one person and not a lot of oversight from the people that should be overseeing this one person's decision making because they don't want to be bothered with it. Now, yeah. that being said, I, I want to touch back on on something that you had said about um, how other artists are cutting other local artists down. Um, so there was <laughs> in a moment of weakness, um, like I did not handle comments made about me very well in a recent production that we had done as you know that i joked with you off you know mike and and privately about but it's just like i had to reconcile in my mind that so many people are just jealous of the things that you are getting to do yeah and that you were creating a very fun and different experience and so people like see that from the outside and they're like, oh, well, you're lazy and you don't want to work with these people because they are terrible human beings. And it's like, are we, though? Because your people are choosing to work with well, us. I think it's very easy. And this isn't I don't think this is just a theater centric issue. I think that this is just like a part of small town politics in a way of the people who do things always get criticized by the people who don't do things. Fair. Yeah. And so you know, it's the exact same thing in Alexandria with their festivals that they have They They have these festivals and they're the people that literally have no stake in it, that don't have businesses downtown that are saying things and trying to do things and criticize things that don't affect them and whether or not they pay their electric bill. But they're going to talk about it like it does. It's like the old actors joke. Like how many actors does it take to screw in a light bulb sort of deal? Oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah. OK. All right. I was the only one willing to get up there and freaking screw the light and bulb do it, in though. Yeah. I mean, it's all so many things. And it's just I, I do think that it is just the like when you are doing something, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're doing something and if people think you are doing a good job on the whole, the positive comments, this is <laughs> Aubrey Boland tells me this a lot. He's like always kind of worried about me. <laughs> um, but he says, you know, like the, Are we all? the, the positive comments disappear. They oh, absolutely. They totally disappear. And that negative one negative comment will pull you down to the bottom of the ocean and it just will sit on you hard. I mean, it outweighs, you know, a hundred positive comments. One negative comment will take you down. And so I'll use the avatar sort of allegory. Like you have the, the world's best performing film of all time, but one comment yeah. could take James Cameron down a path of this movie's terrible. Yeah. Why did I do this? Seven years of my life. It's like, holy crap to think about that. It's just like <laughs> so wild. Like, and that's on a whole other scale too, because that's like global. Yeah. 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 But you're also thinking like to, we, we are always going to be our own worst critics. And when someone points out the things that we think we know are already wrong mm -hmm. or they find a fault in maybe something else that we didn't think about, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I also think like, yeah, I guess I should have thought about that one little moment or that that like comment that I made when I was super tired. I shouldn't have done that, even though that I have put my family 
in financial risk. Yeah. <laughs> and to tell the story. Spent countless hours, months trying to develop this one thing to do this one moment. And you're right. You're totally right. I should have I should have put more thought into this two seconds that you're going to rip apart. Yeah. How dare I? You know, like it just it is just very, very interesting. It's also, you know, we talk about it a lot. The quickest way to build yourself up is to tell, tear other people down. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's that's all that when is from other people in the community. Yeah. And I also find that when you're dealing with people, or at least it has seemed this way for, you know, like the majority of the last maybe five years or six years that I've noticed is that those who are educated um, are at the most risk for this. Oh, oh yeah. So it's like, oh, you, you went to school for this and you have experience in it? In it? <laughs> you don't know anything. Yep. Like, what do you mean I don't know anything? <laughs> but it, it, This but is it, literally the only thing that I know. But like... For me too. I'm not saying that I'm always right just because I went to school for it and because I did it professionally and all that stuff. But yeah. like I'm closer to right. <laughs> so I'm always tearing myself down. I'm my own worst critic. I'm always thinking like you're making the wrong choices as an actor. You're making the wrong choices as a director. You're making the wrong, like all the time. But it's also like I have been doing this going on more than 15 years. I have been trained at a collegiate level to do this thing. Yeah. Why am I letting people who don't have that same level of pedigree tear me down? You kind of have to wonder if it's like, like, do heart surgeons go through this? (laughs) Like (laughs) maybe, I mean, is that what it feels like to be in your, in their like clinic and somebody walks in and they're like, I'm totally fine. Like, no, actually you're not like, you're gonna die. Yeah. If you don't make any changes. No, I'll be all right. No, you will not be okay. If like, you don't quit smoking, you will die. No, 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 no. But I, the cigarettes are good for me. Yeah, no, cigarettes don't affect me. Like I, I could I run up a flight of stairs. Fine. Like if you run up a flight of stairs, you will die. No, I won't. I'm fine. I'm gonna leave. Why did you come in today? Yeah. <laughs> Teladoc. I mean, <laughs> thank you for the insurance. I guess. Like, yeah, why right. did you come in? Like, what is the point? I just now, I'm so confused. We're we're really at time, but I do want to not end on like a, a low note. Hey, dude, you're the one that like brought up my sadness. But I, uh, well, you were there. (laughs) But anyway, should I ask artificial? Am I burned out artistically? Am I sad? Um, sad? But I I want to sort of take a moment because this will probably not come out until right before um, New Year's um, from the time that we're recording. I I just want to take a moment so we can reflect on like the year and all the things that like we've gone through and have accomplished because we were able to tell so many stories and had such a good time with all of the people that we were able to tell them with. And I'm very proud of the work that I think that we've done this year. Oh yeah. So incredibly proud. And you know, it is kind of crazy. I mean, I nothing think about beats it. Eleanor coming into this world. No, definitely not. It really doesn't. Like seeing that little toothless grin all the time. It's just like, Oh my She's God. Just the absolute happiest baby. And like, I mean, we could not, have we could not have gotten any any luckier um and it is it has been really amazing like trying to i i feel like i talk about it like oh it's just so hard trying to figure out how to you know find balance and work everything out but it is kind of interesting how you know the most important thing is totally shifted for me yeah and so it's more like 
you know, if I lost any of these things, it would not be, it wouldn't be horrible as long as I still had them, you know? Yeah. Like it, and that's, that is almost like a comfort and like, well, it's like, you will never not be her father. Right. Like whatever. Like sometimes I have you might not be an educator. That. Sometimes you might yeah. not be a director. Sometimes you might not be a producer, but you will never not be her father. And that's so freaking cool. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just like thinking about like the year and everything that's like happened and gone on. And like, we were able to tell the story of, of, you know, Tuck Everlasting earlier on in the year mm -hmm. and how important time is. And like, just, I was thinking about that earlier today, like all of the things that we experience and like how time can slip away from us and just being able to sit back and think about the work that we've done this year mm -hmm. and the mountains that we've climbed. And sure, it maybe feels like pushing a rock up a hill sometimes, <laughs> but man, it's so satisfying to get it to the end of the to the race every time. Yeah. I mean, we, it is very, it is, it is a lot to put on productions and to do everything that we do. And, you know, especially when we do have play on theater company and we have, and a few years ago we were dying to do anything. Yeah, we were. And I do believe that I remember saying, I look forward to being to the point where I'm like, man, I could use a break. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just uh, let that come around full circle. But it is, it is that thing of, we also said, you know, taking on a whole bunch of projects isn't necessarily what we wanted to do. It was, we still, we wanted to produce things and, to do them well. Yeah. And that's always what I worry is like, when is the well going to empty? And when am I going to just do something that's terrible? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you told me, you told me once because I said this about like, when do we pull the wrong Jenga block? Yeah. Right. And the tower comes falling down. Can't look at it. Is that we can't sit there and, doomsday think all the time right you got it all if we, we know did, we would never do anything that's right all we know is the wave that's in front of us and how do we ride it i mean i guess it would be like that's what it must be like to be a non-doer <laughs> 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 yeah it's just yeah you know that's just got to be what it is you're just you know a doomsday thinker um, you but typed I am into excited the AI. for the way, yeah, I am excited for the, the things moving forward and for us to like continue to explore and to produce things. And I also think that it's important to say that just because other people are producing a whole lot of shows doesn't mean that because we produce a few shows makes that any less. Yes. Which I think is where some of that pressure comes from of like oh we have to release this entire season it's like yeah. no actually we we don't like we've learned in our community that we really don't have to do that yeah and we're going to do it and we're going to make sure that the shows that we do are really good yeah because i think play on we've only produced really two shows this year and had amazing turnouts not yeah. just in, in our really, audience size, but like the people that we had on stage. And I think that there's something that we should probably take a minute well, to thank everyone that is who devoted their true. time to us this year. Thank I you mean, guys. In so many different ways. Yeah. But it is, it is also that like willingness to go out there and to look for the right people that you need for your vision, which I don't think is a bad thing to yeah. say. 
Um, not saying that we precast anything, but stacking your deck is important and being like, this is who I want to come and audition for the show. I think they would be good. Sometimes you say that and they show up and you're like, Ooh, maybe not. Maybe I was wrong. Yep. But most of the time it's like, no, no, this was the right way. So, I mean, we have gotten incredibly lucky with the people that choose to spend their time with us and will hopefully continue to spend their time with us yeah. in the audience and on the stage. Like I, when I, I think back a lot to just trying to figure out what in the world I was going to call this theater company. And yeah. it is so weird now to think of it and think of the other names that it could have been. <laughs> and <laughs> much like, like this podcast, there was a long list. There was of a long names. list of names. Um, <laughs> The the one that I, I will say, this will be my Christmas gift, was that I, I still think could have worked was the Swan Slingers. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and that was for the theater company name. Could you imagine introducing this podcast? Hello, it wasn't everyone, the podcast. Welcome to the Swan Slingers podcast. No, it was not a podcast. But we didn't title. know the, pod, the pandemic was coming and we would have we, still had a podcast. We would have still had a podcast, but it would have, that was my theater company option name was one of them was the Swan Slingers because it's, that's what they, people called uh, Shakespearean actors yes. forever ago was the Swan Slinger. So it just, I was like, that would be so funny. And I just kept thinking about the logo. I was like, no one will know what it means. It's great marketing. My humor is so high that it's lost on everyone in the no audience. No one, it was lost on everyone in this house. Nobody <laughs> was like, nobody jumped on the Swan Slinger's boat. I was like, ah, whatever. Um, okay, so I put into the... Um, the AI for a sign off. So I'll think okay. we can sign off this way. So that's fair. You signed on with it. So let's sign off with it. So thanks for being a part of this podcast journey with us. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and sharing our stories. Wishing you all the best in your future endeavors. Goodbye. <laughs>